Hi there, it's Monique from the Rising Femme podcast. Just jumping in super quick before we dive into this week's episode to let you know that I have opened up two spots for one-on-one coaching commencing October. Now, this is for you if you are wanting to increase profit in your business without working more. If you are somebody who craves a business that feels spacious, where you can manage the ups and downs with confidence in In order to do this, you need a deep self-understanding of your triggers, of your beliefs and your strengths and a sustainable system to support you to grow your business from that place. If you are interested in coaching that combines high-performance psychology, strengths-driven business and aligned action, then I am your gal. Head to moniqueharding.co for all of the information, book a call in and let's have a quick catch up to see if we're a fit. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to Rising Femme a podcast dedicated to helping you rise higher in all areas of your life and leadership. I'm your host, therapist and mindset business success coach, Monique Harding. Over the last seven years, I've mentored thousands of ambitious visionaries and purpose-led leaders looking to expand their income and their impact, embody their fullness and connect with their true north. I'll be bringing you some of my favorite thought leaders cozy solo riffs that mess with your stuck thinking and powerful story shares across all things business, relationships, money, and more. If you're a bold, big dreaming woman ready to unlock your highest potential with confidence and unshakable self-belief, settle in. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's great to be back with you for another solo episode. I've had a range of different guests that I've been introducing you to over the the last few weeks with, with a couple of solo episodes still sprinkled in there. But I thought it was time to reclaim the mic and riff on a few topics that are very close to my heart that I hope are going to deliver a ton of value to you on on whatever step you're at in your business journey. I've actually wanted to record today's topic for some time now because I've been seeing a lot of this particular theme kicking around on the internet. Within, I guess, the the label or the theme that's being inflicted upon it, um, that sounds so dramatic actually now that I say it, people are calling it this thing. That's, that's what I mean. Um, and that is, you know, neuromarketing, neurosales. So basically using an understanding of psychology and neuroscience to inform the way that we structure our marketing, the way that we structure our sales system. Systems. And I thought, well, who better to chat about this stuff, right? Um, so I've titled today's episode, Are You Losing Clients Because You Don't Know How the Brain Works? And I'm going to take you through five really key principles that you should be considering in how you structure your sales and your marketing processes within your business, regardless of the type of business that you have. So this is one of those really great episodes where these principles are universal. Basically, if you are selling to human beings, these are going to be applicable to you. So let's dive in. Five different key 
principles. So the first one I want to speak about is that safety and security are paramount. Yeah. Now our brain, its primary function, so above all else, above thinking, logic, curiosity, self-discovery, expansion, its primary function is to ensure safety and to minimize risk. You know, one thing I will frequently say to my clients is that your brain's job is to not keep you happy, it's to keep you alive. Yeah, so if you want to be happy, that has to be intentional. That has to be something that you are developing habits around that you are consciously creating practices around to manage your mood in your life, basically. So what does this mean when it comes to business then? If safety and security are really critical from a a brain perspective, from our, our ideal client's perspective, then it means that we're looking to buy from trusted brands. We want to feel safe in our buying process. Now, what creates safety in the brain is familiarity. So we want to be thinking about in our businesses, how can we create more repetition? How can we create familiarity, whether that's through our story, whether that's through being repetitive using particular language, whether that's, you know, showing up in a certain way through your colors, through your fonts, like it really does get as small a detail as that, you guys, um, Yes, it's about the the message and the way that you're speaking and the topics that you're speaking to, but our brains love when people are consistent, when they're predictable. You might think that you are being so repetitive and that people are getting bored of your message when I really want to challenge you to reframe that. If we're thinking about it from a neuromarketing perspective, that is a great thing because it means that you are creating so much safety, so much security for your ideal clients. You become the go-to person that they think of um, when they think of a particular topic that you've been speaking to consistently, you know, day after day, week after week for years. Um, so that is a really, really good thing. So make sure that you're finding and looking for ways to intentionally be repetitive Competitive in your business and thinking about the way that you do that. So you might target it through that language piece that I speak of. It might be through your message. It might be the branding, the, the way that you show up, the, the types of content that you create. But all of that, we want it to be really intentional to ensure that we're meeting that, that safety need. The second principle is around emotion. So from a a brain-based perspective, there's kind of a hierarchy in our brain and it goes all the way from our our brain strength our brain stem, so our lower uh, brain regions, up until our higher cortical regions, which is like the thinking area of your brain, basically. Now, in the middle area of the brain is this area which manages emotion and manages memory. Now, it does work in a hierarchy way. So basically, the bottom regions of the brain, being that brain stem part, that's the bit that you don't have any conscious awareness of. So my my brainstem is working now to keep me breathing. It's working to pump blood around my body. It's digesting food. And I'm not needing to think about that, 
right? Like I'm not needing to tell my brain to digest my breakfast. Um, That just happens naturally. So it is always going to prioritize energy consumption to that area because again, number one function to keep you alive. So from there then, emotion and memory will get the second tier level of energy. So whatever's left over will then go to that area of our brain. And again, because of the safety thing, right? Because, you know, emotion is a really good reader on whether we feel safe or not. And our memories, our past experiences will cue us as to whether situations are uh, safe or not. So if we think about emotions driving decision-making and knowing that hierarchy of the brain, emotions have the potential to override logic, then you can use this in your marketing quite strategically, right? Because emotions being processed in that limbic system area, that means that human beings, when they're in an emotionally driven state, when we fired up an emotion inside, it means that they can act really quickly and impulsively. Whereas logical thinking takes place in that prefrontal cortex, so higher cortical area, which is slower and more analytical. So it's basically going to take more time. So you might use this to either increase the pain point or to enhance desire. So think about it even like some really well-known campaigns that have done this beautifully over the years, like your Nike Just Do It campaign. Great example of this really tapping into emotions of determination and empowerment, right? It like makes you want the shoes because you think you can go and do all of the things and like achieve your dreams. Or um, I think it was Dove that had that, that real beauty campaign, maybe close to 10 plus years ago now, um, showing my age. <laughs> and that was a really great example of demonstrating vulnerability and, you know, bringing up emotions of self-acceptance and self-esteem. So think about what emotions you are utilizing in your messaging, in your content, in your marketing. And again, it can go either of those ways, increasing the pain point or to be enhancing the desire. So if safety and security are paramount, emotion drives decision-making, our third principle is around the use of stories. The brain loves stories. Yeah, it's got an affinity for storytelling, narrative-driven content, and this is largely rooted in our evolutionary history because stories have played such a crucial role. You know, if you think about back in the day, the cavemen out gathering food and the women, the caregivers would be um, nurturing the children, preparing the food. Um, We would share stories to share our knowledge, to share our culture, our values from one generation to the next. And it's important to understand that stories actually light our brains up in ways that statistics or facts don't. There are so many incredible incredible um, studies around this where people have been given a statistic and then they have revisited it later and haven't remembered the, the statistic correctly. However, when we embed that statistic within a story, you are much more likely to recall it. You're much more likely to recall the messaging. So it's not just this like fad within the marketing world of story-based marketing that you, you might be seeing online a lot. It actually works from a neuro perspective as well. So 
when you think about from like the the actual brain side of things, for those of you that are more interested in, you know, the neuroscience, as I said, stories light our brains up in ways that statistics or facts just don't. And that's largely because uh, when we are listening to a story, when we are engaged in a story, our sensory cortex lights up, you know, when we're able to imagine the sights, the sounds, the sensations described in the story. Our emotional centers also start to respond to the feelings and the experiences of the character. And then at that higher um, prefrontal cortex area, cortical area, it starts to engage to make sense of the narrative. So more of that making meaning piece and starting to draw conclusions, perhaps starting to you know compare yourself and your life to the character in the story. So because of the emotional centers being engaged, it creates an incredible opportunity for things to become really memorable. A well-told brand story can stick in people's mind well beyond their original time hearing it. So thinking about how you convey your brand messaging, how you convey your mission, why you do what you do, and the emotion that is linked to that. You know, you might even try this out on um, some of your closest friends, some of your family, some colleagues, um, write your story in a few different ways and ask them what they felt listening to it. You know, did it feel, um, did it feel a bit kind of numb and clinical or did they feel something? Was it, was there enough person in it? Was there enough human in it? Does it need more vulnerability? Does it need more transparency? Does it need more little quirky details to make it memorable? You know, refining this is such a great investment in your business. You know, we identify ourselves through stories. This is what creates relatability. Now, um, that kind of, I guess, brings us to this, this fourth point, right? This idea of being relatable. And that is that our brains, us as human beings, all of our biological makeup, we are hardwired to connect. There is a fundamental need within all of us for belonging. Now I'm going to bastardize this study because I didn't prepare for the podcast. I just kind of typically have a few dot points, sit down and then kind of speak from a place of of passion. Um, But there is this study that they did with rats and um, basically they they, they gave the rats like a choice of whether, um, well, they got, I think they actually got them addicted to heroin first. So a really highly addictive substance. And then they gave them a choice as to, it might've been cocaine now that I think of it. It was a highly addictive drug. Um, then they gave them a choice as to whether they wanted another hit of the cocaine. So they could either go up to this little dispenser thing and like take more of the cocaine or heroin or whatever it was, take more of the drug. Um, or they could cuddle this like rat-like thing. Um, and they chose the connection over the substance. And that's where actually, um, random fact, but that's actually where a lot of the research when it comes to drug rehabilitation has come from, you know, this idea of creating connection for people, of creating community. You know, you don't rehabilitate somebody in isolation from substance abuse. You connect them into a really supportive community. You connect them into a sense of belonging. You foster them a new identity outside of the substance use. 
So that's just like random, interesting fact, I guess. How it's um, how is it applicable, Monique? Yeah, how can I how can I bring this back? Um, it's applicable because it highlights how deep that need for belonging is. So if we are so hardwired for human connection. We're going to look to others' behaviors, choices, opinions in order to decide our own decisions and our own actions. Now, practically, you can create create this through multiple different ways. Think testimonials, customer reviews, um, and you really crafting that in a powerful way too. So, you utilizing that story piece, um, you might be you know sharing the the insider's peak of group programs of offerings, um, you know, giving limited time offers, uh, social media mentions, or one of the the best ways I've seen people really utilize this principle is almost creating like a bit of a a club-like mentality around your offers or around your clients. You know, I've seen a lot of coaches do this really beautifully where, you know, they give their clients a particular name. So it's almost like, you know, Taylor Swift and her Swifties. Um, People feel a sense of belonging through their shared work with you through their shared engagement with you through their shared purchase behavior of buying your your product or your service so really really interesting one to think about how you could weave that into your strategy and that brings us to our fifth and final um, neuromarketing, neurosales principle. And that is that our brains prefer simplicity and clarity. One thing that a lot of people don't realize is, and I think this is because, you know, we see ourselves as these like supercomputers and our brains are incredible, right? Like, you know, I think that they estimate that we are using somewhere between like one and 5% of our brain's true potential functionality, which is just wild. Um, However, our brains are actually really, really lazy, like super lazy. And that's because of the survival thing as well. Again, why I mentioned that first, that safety, that survival, because everything starts there, right? It's like everything is downstream from safety and survival. Our brains are super lazy because they're designed to conserve energy and keep some energy on the side in case something threatens our survival or our safety. We want to be able to fight, flight, freeze, right? Keep ourselves alive. So simplicity is appealing because it reduces that cognitive effort. We don't have to think so hard. You know, the brain's able to quickly grasp the information. So when you present your information in a straightforward, easily digestible manner, you're going to keep people's focus longer. And it's also going to create a um, a more uh, fond uh, experience, buyer experience as well. Because again, you're not having to work so hard. So people aren't like having that frustration within them. Now, ways that you could apply this, super, super simple, just using really clear, straightforward language. Look, I've probably like totally not um, not really reflected this principle in this episode because it can be challenging to get across 
some of these principles without speaking to like the actual psychological names and, you know, the the actual areas of the brain. And I'm also conscious that some of you might really enjoy that. Like you might actually be really interested in, you know, brain structure and wanting to know um, that, you know, wanting to have a deeper understanding of all of these things. But ideally in your sales, in your messaging, you are using really straightforward, simple, clear language. You know, if you need to pop it through a piece of AI and get them to check it in terms of, you know, what kind of level the copy is um, is based on. Um, I will put a really cool tool in the show notes for you to check this. It will tell you, um, you know, it will give you the tonality and it will also tell you um, what kind of grade level you're speaking to. Um, so is it that you're speaking to, you know, somebody of a grade 12 educational standard? Is it more, you know, ed, um, post grad uh, qualified people that you're speaking to? What kind of IQ level is the copy um, targeted at? Which can be really great um, just for you to kind of like sense check where's your sales pages at currently? Where are your emails at currently? Are you making your messaging and your content unnecessarily hard for people to process? So using the clear language. Other ways you can apply it. So In your copywriting, focusing on the benefits and the outcomes, again, the story, over overloading your clients with lists of features. You know, that's just going to take up more of that cognitive load and then therefore they're not going to be able to process the transformation and the benefits as well. You also want to be thinking about how you can minimize choices. So don't have five different options in terms of how to join your mastermind or, you know, how to pay you, um, you know, it, like pay in full or payment plan, A or B, keep it really simple. Uh, and then the other tip is around giving your content a really clear visual hierarchy. So thinking headings, bullet points, lots of white space, you know, making it really digestible and clear. So we're not getting into that loaded position from a a thought perspective. So there's some really practical tips for you. I hope that that has been thought-provoking and helpful. This would be a really good one, I should have said at the start, to listen with a notepad or with the notes app on your phone um, and just jot down a couple of these things that you might be able to do in your business, you know, straight away as a bit of a review process. I'm constantly looking at these things with my clients, you know, how can we make um, it more accessible? How can we make it easier for your clients to pay you? Yeah. And we use these kind of principles, these neuromarketing ideas, these neuro sales ideas um, to overhaul the business structure and the messaging piece. So your five key principles that I spoke about today were Core principle number one, everything downstream from here, safety and security. Always ensuring that everything that you are doing in your business is establishing safety, is establishing trust, is establishing security for your clients. Think repetition. Then you have emotion being the key thing that drives decision making. The brain loves stories, the need for belonging, and our brains prefer simplicity and clarity. I've loved chatting through all of this with you today. It feels like such a great 
integration of uh, all of my skills, my knowledge. Uh, I hope that you have loved this episode. Please, please share it, review. The more you share this, the more people listen to this podcast. This is a passion project for me. It's something that I do you know, in my own time. Um, it is not paid in any way, shape or form. So if you want to keep continuing to get the episodes of Rising Fam, if it's something that you enjoy in your weekly schedule or ritual, um, I would so love for you to, to share this with your friends. Thanks again for listening in and I will see you next week for another solo app. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope that you have gained some new insight and ideas from today's episode. I would love nothing more than to hear from you. Tell me your greatest takeaway, how you're going to apply it, and why not share it in a review? It is honestly the biggest compliment that you can give to rate and review or share this with your people on Instagram. And if you want more, you might like to check out my website, moniqueharding.co. You can get a free copy of my quiz to identify the one area that you're needing to work on now in order to increase your impact and income and level up in your life. Big love and I'll see you next week.